Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of Pro Shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also, check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today on the Above180.com podcast is Deandra Asbady. Deandra is a USBC Silver Level coach, a member of Team USA for 13 years now, and owns over 60 international medals. Also, make sure you check out Deandra, Ron Hoppy, and Jason Belmonte on International Art of Bowling. It's just iabowling.com. Lots of great stuff there as they just uh, revamp their website. Lots of uh, videos and lots of things that can help you improve your bowling game. Also, make sure you check out Deandra on Twitter. You can follow her at D-I-A-N-D-R-A-A-S-B-A-T-Y. So, Deandra, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me back on your awesome show again. I always love to um, make my appearance here. Well, that's great. Flattery will get you everywhere with myself and Joe, so thank you for the kind words <laughs> regarding the podcast. thought we'd begin tonight. Yeah. Um, this is something that you know we've had you on you know three or four times. This is something, though, that we really haven't discussed or, or really touched on, and that is the fact that uh, you're a bowler and you have a three-year-old son named Madden who everyone uh, can you know, you love and, and you, you catch that in, in some of our previous podcasts. But we thought it would be great to begin the interview by just talking about the transition that you had to make from, you know, from bowling and, and focusing on your bowling career to now you have a child who you have to care for and you have a, a husband as well and, and, and how you guys were able to manage that and how you were able to balance things because there is a, 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 a fine line of, of focusing too much on one thing and then the other thing kind of lacking a little bit. So talk about how you were able to balance that in your life and, and then also some of the uh, messages that you have for other young women out there who maybe are in, in, you know, in your shoes, say, three or four years ago. Yeah, well, you know, um, there was a time when I was uh, a young adult and, you know, I was early in my years of marriage. I thought, man, you know, when I have children, I have to stop everything that I'm doing and, and really just devote everything I have to my children um, which I was happy to do, but I also was, um, you know, a little disappointed because I had a great career and, and um, it, it would have been sad to, to see that go. But, you know, it's women like Linda Barnes and Carolyn, Carolyn Doran Ballard that really showed me that you truly can be a great mother and still at the top of your game and one of the best in the world. And, you know, they inspired me. They, they made me believe um, I can do it and, and I can do it all. Um, and so when I did have Madden in 2010, it was a very hard transition for me. Uh, for one, I'm not good at asking for help. I'm stubborn, and I think that I can do it all, and, and, um, and I, I'm independent. And I thought, you know, that this is my responsibility, and he's my baby, and I'm going to, to find a way to um, make sure that I do everything for him. And, and the first year was difficult because, you know, I – 
really am a big believer in, um, and we're getting real personal on your show this time, of breastfeeding. And so that meant he had to be with me everywhere. And I knew that that was the best uh, thing for him, and I wanted to give that to him for a year. And I wasn't willing to just give up all my travels. That means that he was with me most of the places that I went. Um, And it got a little little easier the second year because – you know, that stopped and um, he was eating normal food. Um, and so it got a lot, a, a lot easier, but then I had to go away without him. And then that meant that I had to ask for help. And it was um, a really difficult transition for me because I couldn't find the balance in my life. Uh, and, you know, the truth is I really do feel like I've been good at most things that I've done in my life because I've made sure that I'm good at them because I put in the time practice because I tap into the resources because I get the coaches that I need. And, and I really felt like, um, I had it together in a lot of areas of my life. And then all of a sudden you go from that to really feeling mediocre at everything. And that was a real struggle for me because my bowling game, of course, right away wasn't where it needed to be. Um, Was I giving Madden enough attention? Um, Was I a good enough mother? Like I had all these doubts in my mind. And um, and so it was really a strange um, turn in my life that I needed to figure out and how do I get this balance? And I did what I could. I, I practiced when I could. And then I started asking for help and, and I have great babysitters and my parents are awesome um, support and John's parents come in from New Jersey and watch him and, and so I became um, a little bit more dependent on, on help and realizing that I don't have to do all of it and I have great support and it's okay and, and I had to come to terms with that and as soon as I did that and I started making those decisions I win the queen and that was a complete turning point in, in my life because in April in 2012 I solidified in my mind that this is what I'm supposed to do still. And and I still can be an awesome mom and, and I can still be, you know, a great bowler. And um, to, to be able to win the world bowler of the year this year, well, I just was named it for last year, um, is just, it means more to me than people probably know because it means that I've done a good job balancing my life with some things that, are very, very significant, you know, being a mom, um, being a good, great professional bowler. And also not to mention I have a coaching company and I run a youth scholarship tour. So I do have my hand in a lot of different things and, um, and I don't do anything halfway. I do things and I, and I do them well because I make sure that I put in the time to do them well. And anybody that knows me knows that. So I just feel like now I can be this advocate for young women and, and, and I can show them that, you know, you can still be great at what you want to do, whether it's bowling or whatever, whatever your career path is, and you can still be a, a mother. And I think having a strong female role in, in a household is, uh, is really important too. And society is just different now. You know, like I don't want, I would love to be at home all day with Madden, but I also have goals of my own. And I know that Madden would want me to reach those goals. So, you know, Deandra, you and I were speaking earlier about your priorities in life and far at the top of this list is family, both John and Madden, uh, I'm sure, and as well as your parents and your sisters and uh, yeah. balancing these. I mean, when you have so many coals in the fire, balancing these priorities is very difficult, as you know. Do you think these challenges may 
actually become more burdensome as time goes on or or less burdensome being surrounded by so many helping and caring people? Yeah, I don't think, I don't look at them as burdens. I look at them as challenges. And I definitely think it'll get easier because, you know, I thought it was difficult um, right away when I had men. I knew it wouldn't be easy. I knew that. Um, so it was difficult to find that balance in my life. Um, and, you know, when John and I decided that we would have Madden, we we were at a point in our lives, we'd been married for oh, seven years. Um, you know, we knew we were going to have children. We knew it was very, very important to both of us. And if I was to wait for the perfect time in my life to have a child, I would never have children because there's never a perfect time because I'm always doing something and I'm always, you know, coaching or competing or I just, I'm so involved that waiting around for the perfect time, that doesn't even exist. So we decided then that let's do this and then we'll just make it work. And that's totally what we did. And for the next one, that's exactly what we'll do again, that there won't be a perfect time, but hopefully it will happen one day and we will just, you know, fit our lives around it. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about it anymore. I know there'll be, there'll be challenges, but you know, if I could, if I could do it once, I know I can do it with two. Well, Deandra, I want to switch gears a little bit here and talk just a little bit. You just uh, recently bowled the USBC Open out in Reno, and your team, you know, you guys shot a very respectable 32-17. And, Deandra, I want to get your thoughts as far as if anything should possibly be done regarding the amount of Team USA members that can be on a USBC Open team. Because right now, as you know, that the pros are limited as far as being able to bowl the USBC Open, but we have no exemptions or no requirements regarding – Team USA members, former US Team USA members, current Team USA members like yourself. So just want to get your thoughts and wonder if, if that ever would become, in your mind, a deterrent for certain folks to not bowl the USBC Open because although you can't have certain pros on a team and you can't have a number of pros teams so they can't quote-unquote stack teams, but you could say that you can stack teams with former or current Team USA members and that's okay. Um, you could say that it will discourage them, or you could say that it will inspire them. And I, I choose to think that um, it will inspire them. Uh, for one, I, I do agree with the, the pro rule, um, because they're professionals. But Team USA bowlers, a lot of them are amateurs. And um, I don't feel like, you know, making a rule of, to limit the number of Team USA bowlers um, is, is the right way to go. Because, you know, they're... They're amateurs. They're not pros. They're not professional. Some of them do it for a living. Some of them do not. Um, you know, if you have your pro card, that's different. But um, I don't know. I, I've actually never thought of it until right now. But my immediate thought is I really don't feel like they should limit it um, at all because, like I said, they're, they are amateurs. And, and I feel like if people if people complain about it, it's like the whole, the whole question of, should there be coaching on the pro tour and that's an advantage for the pros that are sponsored by ball companies. Yeah, it is an advantage and they earn that advantage by being good. So that's my stance on that. It's let it inspire you to be as good as they are so that you have that advantage too. Our team USA is three team USA bowlers on the team going to be better than most teams out there. Yes, but they, they've earned that. No one's giving that to them. They have worked on their game, and they have tapped into resources, and they have found the coaches that they need. And 
I really feel like that should not be taken away from them. And Deandra, the only thing I would say to that is I feel the same way about beating the likes of Pete Weber, Walter Ray, Mike Fagan, uh, Abletto Monticelli, anyone, any number of, of great pros that are out there. And I feel like they should be allowed to bowl as well. And um, I think it mean, it would mean a lot more, in fact, if I were competing against them to win an Eagle. And in fact, uh, Jeff Riggles was talking and check out Jeff's blog, actually, because he had a great interview where they addressed some of this with Brian uh, Lewis in his blog on the 11th frame blog where they talked about this and uh, Jeff talks about it where the USBC is even looking into this so it's on it's on some folks radar and um, and who knows who knows what's going to be done maybe they do need another um, you know level of of bowlers another um, I don't know I feel like if it's going to be called the USBC open championship shouldn't be open you know why are they like not allowing um, was it well, I don't even know who's not allowed to bowl. I mean, they don't have an exempt tour anymore. So is it just previous recent winners? Because Brian Himmler crushed him out there last week when I was there. Right. And, and again, you, you're right. It is called the Open Championships. And uh, I, I think they just need to somehow coordinate uh, the right divisions to keep caliber of players equal to caliber of players from division to division. But getting back right. to the Open Championships, on a lighter note, 716 in teams, 714 in doubles, 599 in singles. Now, you know as well as I, there are times you score better than you bowl, and other times you bowl much better than you score. Uh, your 599 may have been execution-wise better than their 714. Uh, can you kind of explain to us or kind of walk us through that chain of events there? Yeah, I think it was about the same. I don't think it executed any better or worse during that 599. I think the lanes just got tricky. We might have started a little too far left on our pair for the doubles. I had a fine-looking doubles, and then all of a sudden, and it was really interesting because I just shot two, uh, 279 maybe. I don't even remember. One of the scores was, um, it was big, and I, I missed one. And the next game, it was completely gone. Like, that reaction was gone. I, I shot that with the IQ Tora Pearl, and then I could not use it the following game. So uh, it just makes me believe that we did not break them down right because they were fine to begin with. And then um, nobody could get the ball through the pocket. Nobody could get their ball right. And... Um, I tried every I tried every ball in my bag, um, but I'd say in general I am happy with my events and the women's and the men's. And um, you know, Storm did it again. They they just make the best balls in the world, so they make it easy for me. And this is the first time that I felt like I really didn't need more than six balls out there, and and I didn't because I had um, I had a pretty good look the whole time. And um, yeah, I'm I'm a happy snapper. <laughs> well, Deandra, just a little clarification. What it is is the, the exempt players are not eligible, the PBA exempt players. So as the PBA is doing away with the exempt status, the USBC is changing their rules too and, and everything. So that, that's just a little oh. clarification on that. Um, but um, I do have to say you have proved me wrong because I just was out there a the couple weeks prior to you, and I, I was um, my thought after bowling on the pattern was that the people, the higher rev players, are the ones who were going to be the ones who were able to to hit the lanes, and the 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 lower rev players 
um, I'm putting myself in that category. Um, we're going to struggle. We're going to, str and by struggle, I mean shoot um, the, the caliber of like yourself and the Shannon O'Keefe's and and stuff. Uh, kind of. Are you implying that I'm not a high rev player? I, I am. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but, I don't think I'm a low rev player, but you're right. I'm not a high rev. I'd say me. I'd say you know, and, and what hey, would you say between what's your rev rate? mine? I just actually had it. Mine is two fifty. Oh, well, mine's three fifty. You got to be three three thirty to three fifty, in my opinion. That's that's me or you? Yeah, not me. Joe's seen yes, me. Both. I am. Wow. So then you're yeah, okay. You're a little bit more than what I thought. So, but for the record, strike that. Con you, you, you <laughs> me. Tim, Sorry. she she has game. I didn't Trust say me. she doesn't have game, and neither, and, and <laughs> what I was going to I was going to compliment your game because I think the lanes are even tougher for the play, the people that that in most cases play the lane straighter as opposed to the guys yeah. who can get left and, okay. and, and usually Keep bailing yourself out of it. Yes. <laughs> well, and you'll well, notice you. I was comparing you to Shannon oh. O'Keefe, who's a a stand-up yeah. player and one of your 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 teammates there. So, yeah. um yeah, but yeah, but I just kind of awesome. I, I I my thought was that you had to that the people that were left and could could really get on the ball with hand and speed were the ones yeah. who were going to score well. And yeah. that the people that went more down the boards, for the most part, were going to struggle. But you, you kind of shot that out, out of the waters. And, well, and <laughs> tell, I will tell you, I will tell you that when you have the red balls in your bag, it does make it easier. And I also will say that that ice oil doesn't move. I mean, I didn't have to move for a while, especially during team. I, I stuck. Um, we, we broke them down great. We we stayed to the right. We really didn't move that much until the last game. So. If you do the right thing and you're on a pair with bowlers that understand and, and will also do the right thing, it will make things easier for you. And I felt like my spare game was pretty good. I know I didn't miss much. Well, being a ball guy, you know I'm the ball guy here. You and I always talk about equipment choices, and I'm, I am kind of curious of what you used at the Open. Uh, I would, If I had to guess, I would think a a two to four thousand grit IQ tour, solid possibly in team, maybe even in doubles, and then eventually you'd go to some type of pearl. Um, you kind of want to walk us through your equipment usage during the nine games of play. Yeah, well, I think that the most important thing, and for those that haven't gone yet, should know you really need your ball to roll in the right place on the lane, and it needs to roll in the mid lane. And the ball that does that best for me. Um, I know Storm won't love it, but <laughs> the reality is it did give me the best look, and it was the critical theory. It's um, the ball that I won the Queens with, which I thought I never would like before that day because I thought it was too aggressive for my ball speed, and um, I was proven wrong on, on that show, and, and it's never left my bag since, um, and it has discontinued. So um, it's just a uh, very um, good ball, and... Um, yeah, so I used the critical theory in the um, team event and uh, the entire three games. I did not move to any other um, ball in the singles and doubles. Um, I also started with the critical theory on the in the doubles set, and then uh, I moved to the gold, the IQ Tour Pearl, and then I moved to everything <laughs> after that to try to get my ball to enter the pocket the right way. And did you notice, like a lot of like a lot of folks that we've had on in the past, they said when they moved from from doubles to singles that they had to make a huge move. It wasn't just the you know the three and two or the four and two moves. It was like 
you know, huge to the left. It was, you know, eight or 10 or 12, everything left. It was, you know, swinging the entire. Yeah, that's what happened. I just, um, I couldn't figure out the right combination to carry. And everyone on my pair had the the same problem. But um, that's okay. I'm definitely happy with how I did. I did pretty good in in brackets. And and then I went over in both the women's event. And I will also mention that I had an awesome team. It was an all-women's team because I I figured I'm not going to Reno twice. So I'm going to put together a women's team so that I can bowl both um, tournaments at the same time. So that worked out really well. So my question is, your team name was DFTBA. you got to fill me in on what that is. Oh, you're so behind the times. I know. I am. It means it means team don't forget to be awesome. I am behind the times. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> you can, that. You can use that if you want. I'll, I will let you use that. I'll have to get one that said incorporates behind the times a little bit. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you help me out with that. Now, it, well, you, since we're talking a little bit about what's coming up and what's in the past, uh, what's coming up for Deandra in the near future, such as... IAB clinics or future tournaments or um, we know yeah, Mad's yeah. birthday is the end of August. <laughs> yeah, that's a big event. I am I'm very proud to say that we just had our biggest international art bowling bowlers boot camp last weekend in Chicago. We had so many, we had 62 people and we had so many, and luckily the, the tour was close by in Milwaukee. Um, so Jason Balmonte brought his friend Bill O'Neill down to help us coach which was awesome, and everybody was very happy to, to meet Bill, and, and Bill's a very good coach. So um, the weekend before that, we were in Dover, Delaware. We had a great bowlers boot camp there as well. Um, and this Saturday night, I will be heading up to Milwaukee to root Jason on in the tournament that he's leading. Uh, hopefully he can get another tour title. It would be amazing. And then I'm going to be leaving immediately from Milwaukee to go to Cedar Rapids because – we have a elite youth tour event there, which Jason and I are really proud of. We we started this youth tour a year ago, and we've locked down some pretty good sponsors. Always looking for more, but we have some great sponsors, so we're able to offer a thousand dollars on top for these kids if the divisions have thirty or more in them. And we have four divisions: the under fifteen and under twenty. So I'm really excited about where this is going. Our last event was in Indy, and it was our biggest event yet. We had 100 kids come out, and um, you know, it's a really professionally run event. We wanted to give them a taste of what it will be like you know, on the PVA tour. Um, so we have photographers and videographers, and they're being interviewed, and we have you know flags that we make for the winners, and we have such great sponsors and Storm who – donates the junior gold spots and turbo has um you know a great package that they offer and um we actually have bowlers journal subscriptions too and high five makes jerseys for the champions exclusively so um it's it's pretty cool along um, i feel like i need to mention them all now bob's business also gives us some bowling balls and um and and there's a, a man that we met last year in dover his name's gail boschel and he um is a, is really supportive in the bowling industry. Just loves bowling, has a successful business himself, and he is our major sponsor of the tour. And he's given us a lot of money that we're putting straight back in into these um, these tournaments. So we're able to guarantee price funds of a thousand dollars, and 
I know it's people like Gail Volschel that really give me hope for the future of, of bowling because, you know, we can't do it on our own. We, we really need to come together and do it together. So the Elite Youth Tour, you can find out more at EliteYouthTour.com. Jason and I are, are, are really proud of, of that. And it's the first time in our lives we've, we've um, tried to get sponsors, not for ourselves, but we're trying to get sponsors for these kids and, and to be able to give back to the sport that's given us so much. And so that's what's going on there. Um, also excited that we've launched a new website, iabowling.com, and it's got a really different feel to it. We are going to be uploading a lot of new content and a lot of interesting stories and top ten lists and cool pictures, and most recent um, video that's up there is pretty awesome. We've launched a Believe in Bowling campaign, and um, we just uploaded a, a cool video of just a guy that I spotted at the bowling center one day, bowling by himself, and all he was doing is dancing in between his shots. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. So I said, hey, you don't know me, but can I um, video debut? And I think your story is really cool, and, and he... Um, gladly accepted and so he became the beginning of our hashtag believe in bowling campaign and there'll be other really cool videos coming but i feel like if we can come together as an industry and believe in bowling then you know it's going to go in the right direction at at a time where bowling is not in a great place um, and there are a lot of negativity you know we wanted to give bowling something really really positive and and iabowling.com is sort of that it's the the place that you can go to, to feel good about bowling. Well, Deandra, um, thank you for everything that you do for the sport and you and Jason and IAB and uh, everything with your youth tournaments. We'll get a link on Above 180 as well for those. And, and thank, um, you. thank you for, again, everything you do. And it's just uh, it's been a pleasure catching up with you. Uh, I believe now you, you have probably, in, in our, our show's uh, almost three-year existence, you've probably been our, our most frequent guest. So um, take that Ooh, for what hi. it is worth. Thank you. So, um, so that is my way again of buttering up after apologize after uh, after uh, insulting you earlier I, regarding your rev rate. So <laughs> no, it's okay. I think you guys are pretty awesome, and, and we're lucky that we have people like you in the bowling industry because what you guys are doing is is awesome. And keep doing what you're doing, and realize that there's a lot of people that appreciate it. Well, and thank you for all you do, Deandra, for Tim Berg, Joe Sarar, Deandra Asbady. Good luck and good bowling. <laughs>